Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bessa Sashem Shalom Bayashir number 369. Appreciation is one of the greatest tools in marriage. There's nothing to talk about. We talk about it so so uh, often. And in the Chayvas Alvavis, when you go through Shar HaBechina, which is the second Shar that discusses all the greatness and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu kindness that he gives to us. For example, the fact that we could see. Imagine someone that went through an operation and um, they are they lost their sight for a while and now they're having a, or they didn't see for decades. Now they can have a new operation that either they tell him that he could die or he could gain his sight back. And finally, after 10, 20, 30 years, he looks around and he's able to see. And in awe about the colors and shapes and seeing his loved ones. And he said, he talks to the doctor, how can I repay you? you? You've given me a gift of sight. And that's what we need to really understand and appreciate every single morning when we open our eyes and we enjoy that gift of vision. It's easier, by the way, to have Shmira say Nayim when we have this attitude. It's not just about removing our eyes from unhealthy things, but the idea to understand that we have such a gift of vision and, and to the Akaras of it alone will help us greatly to utilize, to be motivated to utilize our sight in the right way. So, but this is the idea is that um, we often don't appreciate a good thing until it is gone. And it, it's, it's sad, but it's part of human nature, so we can't blame ourselves too much, but we have to try to work against it. Someone, um, I heard Rosh Hashim Schwab, uh, you know, when he was at one point later in his life confined to a wheelchair, I think someone was open enough to talk to him about it, and he, he was always happy in Besimcha. And he said, you know, let, think about it, for 70 years plus of my life, Hashem let me use my legs. I could take it wherever I want. And he gave this gift to me for over 70 years. So no, no. So right now, I don't have that anymore. But to have a car as a toiv, that he allowed me to walk and use my limbs for, for, for 70 plus years, tremendous a car as a toiv. So we don't usually look at it that, that way. We usually get extremely upset and down and, and, and broken when we lose a faculty. But so so the Musa Haskell is is while we have the faculty, not to be oblivious of his exi- its existence, but to actually appreciate it, and then goes through different concepts of appreciation. In the olden days in Poland before World War One, if you lived in a two-room house, you were considered well off. You had one for the parents, one room where everything else happened. The kids slept there, family ate, played, did chores, cooked, bathed, cleaned their clothes. Two rooms, and that's it. And the families weren't small families, right? These days, we go to on vacation. Sometimes we use a, one motel room, and we stick in uh, parents with two, three kids. And for an evening, two evenings vacation. But we need to realize that was life uh, in, for, for centuries in many, many places. They had to drive horses to the market. They bathed only on special occasions. They lived without phones, without internet, without running water, without electricity. They were like a different planet. And, you know, in those days in America, in the beginning, they were thrilled to have a bathroom in their own apartment. Never heard of before. Indoor heating? Never heard of before. 
In those days, if you wanted to know how what the, the temperature it is, you slept in a room and kept a cup of water there. In the morning, you woke up, and if it was frozen, you know, it was a cold day. That's the way it was, and even the wealthiest people. It's fascinating that in the houses built before World War II, no matter how large the house they built, the closet sizes were, were very, very small. That's why people did a lot of renovations to increase closet sizes on houses that were built in the early 1900s. Because in those days, people had much less clothing. Very often, women in the 1930s, even if they were well off, they did okay. They had a few dresses and that's it. You know, some had two dresses, one for the weekday, one for Shabbos. That was a, and they came from a typical home, not a poor home. That was normal in many cultures for many, many years. And, and so those, those closets then were built for wardrobes of that time. And now we have a clothing store. You open up, you have like a shoe store. We have suits and shirts and sweaters and coats and raincoats and ties and belts and so on and so forth. It, 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 it's mind-boggling. And we need to appreciate it. Even a king in the olden days, a king had to wear layers of robes to keep warm. With all his wealth, he didn't, couldn't keep warm unless he was by a smoky fireplace. And he had to sleep on a, on a mattress that wasn't always comfortable, hurt his back. They didn't have the luxuries. Kings didn't have the luxuries that regular average people have now. So it's an idea of appreciating and hakaras and, uh, and growing in appreciation. That is a tool that bonds. That is the tool that connects. And especially in marriage, this is true. This is so important to appreciate, to educate couples on the bracha that they have. This is something that he once had a, a seminar about this, and this could die as an exercise to appreciate it. And very often, Rabbi Sien Shafer said, in, one, in some of these um, uh, get-togethers with married couples, he also had singles, early, uh, you know, singles that were older, in their 30s, late 30s, and so on and so forth, explain their experience of what they went through and the fact that they're still not married, to talk to married couples and to explain their dilemma and what they went through, the Gehenim they went through, and how they feel now being alone. And that it really puts a perspective on couples, even if there are bumps in their marriages, on how fortunate they are that they're not alone, that they're married, that there's opportunity for great growth. And the stipler brings down that one of the ways a person appreciates their spouse is to imagine what their life would be if they would still be single. Being 30, 35, 40, and still not married, how would you feel? And, 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 and that's why he had those people speak. It's very rare that people appreciate what their spouse does for them and how vastly their life has been improved because of the fact that they are married. We think only of the bumps. We think only of the achrayas, which is true. It is an achrayas, but we think only, oh, now I have to put bread on the table and I have to work my kishkes off and I have to set up and I have to organize things and take care of the kids and so on and so forth. So you had an interesting story. You remember seeing Shafer, some, a, a man complained his wife is a freeloader. I work my kishkes off working and she takes it easy. And he asked her, he asked him rather, 
Who gets up at night with the baby? She does. Who feeds the baby? She does. Who changes the baby? She does. Who buys clothing for the kids every season? She does. Who buys the food? She does. Who cooks the food? She does. Who takes care of the house? She does. A long laundry list that he just totally ignores. Now, he's working his kishkas off, and he's working hard. That is true. But this is a mistake to not, not think, you know. You, you know, you open up your drawer, generally speaking, you see a neatly arranged socks. It wasn't a, a, a tooth fairy that, uh, while putting a quarter under, under the kid's uh, uh, pillow because they, they lost the tooth over their kid's tooth, that they also put the neatly socks arranged in the drawer. Your wife washed them and folded them and put them away from you, from, for you. And we take it for granted. She's a CEO of a family. That's what she is. And he needs to work on a karsatayv towards her. And the same thing the other way around. Every woman, every wife, if their husband's working very hard, owes a tremendous karsatayv to him for everything he does for her and for her family. That's why it's kedai, to do these exercises. Take out paper. Write down what your husband, what your wife does for you. And what would happen if she wasn't around? Go through the house things. Think about all the, with the kids with the daily routines and, and the food and the yuntav and the, and the Shabbos. Who prepares the Friday night meal? Who prepares the Shabbos meal? Who prepares the Shalashudas? Who prepares every supper? And so on and so forth. And especially if she's working part-time or full-time. And so on and so forth. And you have it the other way around too. A, a woman once complained that my husband does nothing for me. Yeah, he's a provider. He's responsible. But he doesn't do anything around the house, and I take care of everything. And he tried to explain to her, you live in a nice house, right? And a nice, yes, a nice car, yes. You have a bunch of kids, and they're all learning in Kailul, yeah, yeah. So how do you support them? Your husband, when does he leave the house? Six in the morning. When does he come at night at home? Seven, eight in the, at night. Does he take a two-hour lunch, lunch break? No, he eats his sandwich by his desk because he's in a rush. Does he take off time? No, he barely takes off time. So he, she, he explained to her, Appreciate what your husband does for you. He's slaving away, working day and night, so you and your children are have a house and food and a roof over their heads. Now, of course, you have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but Hashem wants you to thank His Shaluchim. So what your husband's doing is unbelievable. So she says, it's not the type of husband I want. So he explains, he loves you, he takes care of you, he takes care of your kids, he's a good provider. See the positive traits. And how could you not appreciate him? Oh, but he's not the husband I wanted. It's not the kind of relationship I envisioned. Now, what happens is, and he says a Lushan here, and it's Kedaita to say it, you're brainwashing yourself. It's a fascinating Lushan, but it is true. In this case, the woman is brainwashing herself into this notion of what a relationship should be like and not appreciating all the good things her husband does for her. Now, the truth be told, and he says this at the end of this chapter, is that she is right in many ways. It's a husband's responsibility, and this is a separate shear that deserves attention. That, and it's hard because a lot of times when he's working those hours, it's not because he's a workaholic. It's because he's in a demanding job and he has no choice. This is the way he has to do it, the shtadlis, in order to put parnasa there for the house. But it is true. And here the wife is correct. That it's the husband's responsibility, nevertheless, despite the hectic schedule, to give his wife attention, to give his wife love and time, and to be a friend to her. That's his part. So he has that achrayas. So he, he acknowledges that. But at the same time, to discount completely what he does as if he does nothing, when he's putting his 
all this kishkes and, and, and this kishkes into work um, in order to provide for her family, that needs to be appreciated. So it's very, very important to understand this. Now he talks about the need to be appreciated, the thank you, the appreciating. It's very demoralizing. So if you're not appreciated, it's part of human nature. So he explains as an example that a staffing firm in New York reported that 66% of employees would likely leave their jobs if they didn't feel appreciated. People switch careers because they don't feel appreciated. People stop donating money to causes because they don't feel acknowledged when they're donating that money. People leave shuls that they davened for for decades because they don't feel valued there anymore. People are very vulnerable. People are very sensitive. Pam used to say this a lot. No matter how tough exterior and how adult you are, how old you are, how mature you are, the fact is, is that people are very vulnerable and people are very sensitive. And no matter how dedicated and giving you are, if your work is ignored, it hurts you. It hurts. And most common thing in Shalom bias issues, when people go to therapists or to Rabbanim or whoever to explain, the main thing is I don't feel appreciated. The wife says, I work, I slave, I cook, I clean, and don't even get a thank you. So why should I even bother? Or in the case where the husband said, my, wife, my husband does nothing for me. He's working 10 plus hours, his kishkis out in, in an environment he doesn't want to be in just to make ends meet and to just to put roof over the, uh, over the, over, over the house and, and to provide. I, oh, he doesn't do anything. And he thinks to himself, I don't get it. I'm working myself to the bone. I'm doing everything I can for her and the kids. And she says, I do nothing for her. I put in 12-hour days, six days a week. I don't take breaks. I don't take time off. I don't even exercise. I do everything I can to make her happy and provide her needs. And this is what I get back. Not even one word of thanks. She'll never be happy no matter what I do. Now, again, it's complicated. Because the truth is, is this husband, when you talk to him, he really needs to know that in Hanami, he deserves the acknowledgement and the appreciation, but he also needs to feed the marriage with a friendship and take the time somehow to give his wife attention and love as well, to do his part, to spend time with his wife. So in, in, by not doing that, it's harder for her to appreciate him. So that is true. So he's not fully doing what he's supposed to be doing. But the idea to ignore and discount completely everything that he is doing because to him, you need to understand earning that living is a priority. And now it's complicated because work, being a workaholic is a danger. First of all, many people work hard and even if they work 10 hours a day, they're not workaholics. They just don't have that kayak. And even if they fell into that trap, there still needs to be a hakara satayu because ultimately they're doing it to provide for their family, to provide for their wife, to provide for their children. And even if he took it too far, there needs to be a, and he has to work on his betachen, and he needs to work on things, and like I said, he needs to work on the other aspects of the marriage and spending quality time. But nevertheless, akar satayv, not a word about everything he does, not a word of appreciation when he, she's, when the wife denies the work and the difficult days that he deals with, day in and day out, going in and being moise nefesh mamish very often in very uncomfortable environments just to provide for her and for the children, it's something that deserves akara satayv, even if things could get better. So even if overwork, as an example, neglects his wife and his family sometime, and he does need a ticken with that, and that's encouraged and that needs to be worked on, nevertheless deserves a serious akara satayv. 
for working very hard. And Eignachanami, Hashem is the provider, but Hashem wants you to have a karsatayif to the shaluchim who provide for the family. So it's very, very important to understand that. It's very, very important to acknowledge that. Say, if it's the husband's side, that he's not acknowledged for working very hard and doing the things that he does. Say, if it's on the wife's side, where he discounts what she does. People need praise. People love praise. And the truth be told, and this is a misconception to think that big Ehrlicher people or tzaddikim do not appreciate um, praise. Now, there is an Indian of Shivisi. Shivisi means the Chayfas Avavis talks about it, the Vashem talked about it. And there's a whole entire um, series of Shiurim I would like to give on the concept of Shivisi. Shivisi means a person needs to develop in themselves to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether people appreciate or don't appreciate, love him or don't love him, thank him or don't thank him. His Avaidus Hashem should be the same no matter what. That is true. That's a, a goal to try to attain. But the very fact that human beings need to praise is a healthy, normal thing. It's not an egotistical thing. Even great tzaddikim had tremendous sipek nefesh. When people learned their svarim and came over to them and thanked them for it, I had a, enjoyed your, your safer beautifully. They're, they're all of a sudden their face shines. And you ask them a kasha about what they wrote and, and uh, to understand it, to explain it. And he explains it. This is the biggest chesed you do for him. He mamish has a tchiyas amesim from that. And these are tzaddikim. Everyone needs appreciation. Everyone could use a pat on the back. And he says, there's a rule. If you want people to hate you, find what they do wrong and let them know, and they'll hate you. If you want people to like you, find what they do right and let them know. One of the greatest chasadim you could do for another person is to find something they do well and let them know about it. We all crave approval and acceptance. And a lot of it is indeed healthy. It's not an ego talking. It's a, it's a need. It's a healthy need. And praise tells us what we did good and that we are good and that we count. In Chinuch, it's very important. He brings a quote from Mark Twain. I could live for, uh, two, for two months on one good compliment. And husbands and wives live for years and years together and they don't receive even one good compliment from their husband or wife ever very often. It is so sad. If anyone else were to do a fraction of what your husband did or what your wife did, you would sing their praises. But instead we say, no, no, that's my husband's job. This is what he's supposed to do anyway. This is my wife's job. This is what she's supposed to do anyway. And thus what happens is, is that a lot of what they do becomes part of the background, all the kishkes, the koichas that they put in day in and day out, day in and day out is unnoticed, unseen, not acknowledged. And that really hurts marriages. So we need to work on Akaras HaTayv. If you don't work on Akaras HaTayv, you'll lose out. You don't see what your husband or wife does for you, and you won't feel close to them. And you're giving up most the most important tool to get your husband or wife to feel close to you, which is appreciation. Appreciation. To express appreciation. To grow in appreciation. And that is a very important insight, and it and and it cannot be underemphasized, cannot be overemphasized. Never know the right way to word that, but the idea is is it can never be talked about enough. It needs to constantly be talked about. Hakar Satayv is it is the insight of Avedas Hashem towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu, thanking Him. Chayvas talks about it a lot, especially in Shar Habechina, and. 
it's it's a tremendous and Rabbi Arush talks about it. He has a whole book called Shara Besaida, a Garden of Gratitude. It's good to read that book from cover to cover. Should we should give separate shiurim and bezashem? We will maybe on the Fridays at some point on gratitude in a deep level, how it enhances our lives, but especially in marriages. Start today. Start to making that list. Write it down. Start noticing what your husband's doing for you, what your wife's doing for you, and thank them profusely. And this applies even if there's a lot that needs to be worked on on the marriage. It's a separate issue that, again, we discussed in other shiurim, how to communicate it, when to communicate it in a loving way, in a supportive way, at the right time, in the right place, when your moods are okay and healthy, how to do that. So we're not talking about burying things under the rug. We always, we never were very realistic, and we don't do that. You you don't throw things under the rug, and you have open communication about things. But even if there are flaws and issues, it's irrelevant to this point. The, your, your wife, your husband, they're doing thousands and thousands and thousands upon things that they are doing and doing well and trying their best in helping you, all the millions of chasadim that they're doing for you, to start writing them down, to think about them, to appreciate it and express that that builds marriages, that heals marriages, that transforms marriages, 180 degree turns. And this is part of the Shana Rishayna concept. Also, you start doing that day in and day out. You see how your lives could transform and both of you will be more full of simcha and akaras It'll help in your whole marriage. It'll help on the physical aspects of the marriage. It'll help in, in, in your emotional aspects of the marriage and your, your deep soul connection and it's Kedai to really work on very strongly. Bracha and Atzlacha.